0: Well, hey, everyone, Athena Dean Holtz here, and welcome to the Redeemed and Restored podcast. We're all be coming to you every Friday so that together we can intentionally discover the faithfulness of God, which is my absolute favorite thing to do. Every week, I'll bring you encouragement to see God working all things together for good, from scriptures to devotional excerpts to song lyrics to personal examples from my journey through redemption and restoration. Joining this community on a regular basis, where it's okay to be real and throw off our masks of perfection, will not only encourage you, but will motivate and stir your hearts and just possibly leave you forever changed. In times like this, we all need to be encouraged as we face the challenges, difficulties, and losses of this life. So I look forward to growing right along with you in authenticity and transparency as we endeavor to find the faithfulness of God in our everyday lives. So take a moment to write a review on Apple so even more people are able to find the encouragement you're about to hear. Each episode is broadcast on my YouTube channel before it's converted and brought to you in this audio format If you'd like to get in on the fun and giveaways at my YouTube home, join me over there at Athena Dean Holtz for even more encouragement. So hey, let's get started. Well, hey everyone, Athena Dean Holtz here and welcome to the Redeemed and Restored podcast where we connect every Friday so that together we can intentionally discover the faithfulness of God. Today for our Thanksgiving week broadcast, I'm excited to introduce you to Carol Leatham, author, speaker, and former pastor's wife of 30 years. You're gonna hear how God redeemed the sudden end to her ministry as a pastor's wife when her pastor husband began to struggle with anxiety, depression, and suicidal thoughts. For the last five years, she's found herself on the other side of the pew and God is using her story in amazing ways. Her book, Finding Joy in My Messy Life, is a book you will want to read, if nothing else, so you can be an encouragement to others you may come in contact with who are struggling with similar trials. So, hey, take a moment and write a review on Apple. That will help the algorithms bring up our podcast when people are searching, and uh, share the link with others who might need to hear this message. And if you wanna go ahead and visit our YouTube channel where we have the video version of this podcast, you can just type into your browser, redeemedandrestored.tv, and you will find the video broadcast there. So hey, let's get started. (laughs) <laughs> All right. Well, welcome to our Thanksgiving edition of Redeemed and Restored. I am here with my dear friend, Carol Letham, who I'll tell you what, you do not want to even start thinking about anything else for the next 20 minutes because you're going to need a zero in on this story because you are going to be encouraged. Um, Carol Leatham is one of our authors at Redemption Press. She's also on staff at Redemption Press, but she has a story that talk about being redeemed and restored with ongoing restoration. Yeah. You're going to be blown away. Welcome to the Redeemed and Restored broadcast today, Carol. It's so great to have you with us. I am so happy to be here. It's, it's yes. exciting. Well, because this is Thanksgiving week, And your devotion just happened to post today as we're recording this Monday of Thanksgiving week on the CBN site about uh, now it called uh, said thankful for painful Mm -hmm. detours. Now tell us a little bit about your story and how you don't really necessarily
1: see it as a detour. Well, five years ago, my past, my pastor husband um, had a complete uh, breakdown, emotional breakdown, and he had to be hospitalized for a week uh, because he suffered from anxiety and depression and suicidal thoughts and basically didn't want to be alive anymore. And I found myself um, totally lost. I found myself not knowing what to do. I found myself not knowing who to talk to. I mean, as a pastor's wife, when something like that happens, you know your pastor's wife it's your your brain starts going who do i trust with this information who do i call and there was no one Mm -hmm. um i do have some very close friends but that particular morning when it was in that clinch moment who do i call and trust and i decided at that moment that i was going to lean into the into the lord and i opened up my scriptures And I just began this dialogue with him about, okay, I don't understand what's going on. I don't even know where my husband is. I don't know what's going to happen next. I don't even know how to prepare for this. And I opened my scriptures and I just started praying and I and I talked to him out loud and I just started talking to him. And here I am five years later, still in the middle of it. And God is using the story that I put into the book, the story that I'm putting out um, this morning on CBN. It's He just wants my story out there. The secret is, I think it's all of the foundation that I laid moving into this moment. Um, I, I didn't prepare for it because how do you prepare for something like this? But I think that relationship that I built with God, that close personal relationship, in the minute that the, the, the chaos started, I leaned in instead of kind of turning away. And I think it made me closer, closer to him. Absolutely. And that is such
0: a key point that, uh, first of all, that you had a foundation built so that when things went wrong, you didn't get bitter. Right. You cried out to God and you leaned into him. And that is so, so crucial Mm -hmm. but then also as you go on with this this was not just a one and done boom okay 24 hours later god works a miracle and he's out of the psychiatric hospital and normal no he's teaching you how to be joyful and thankful and grateful even (laughs) while now we're five years in and it's still
1: a struggle right right and and I think that this I keep going back to James because that's the scripture I read that very first moment I open I, it's almost a comedy story when you think about what happens so I'm sitting in this empty room I'm by myself I'm just shattered my life is falling apart I don't know what's gonna happen I don't even understand what's gonna happen and so I open my scriptures thinking oh I'm gonna I'm gonna find you know comfort in God's in God's word and so I open the scripture to where I have been reading in james and i read james one verse two consider it all joy my friends when you encounter various trials and i'm like really god i said (laughs) it out loud really god this is your answer for me are you kidding me and yet as i sat there and i thought about it i realized god sees our trials differently than we do and really if i had to be honest I was right where he knew I would be. And if you drop down to verse four in the message Bible, it says, and your faith life will be on display for all to see. Now, people laugh because here I am in the middle of the beginning of the crisis. And I'm thinking, oh, okay, God, you're going to use this. But from day one, he did. He used this with my kids, with my family, um, and he continues to use it to this day Uh, Even this past Sunday, somebody who had gotten my book came up to me in the service at church and got down real close to me, and she said, thank you. I'm in the exact same situation that you're in, and I don't know if I could stay married if I didn't have your book. Wow. Okay. (laughs) That's that's a lot. (laughs) And wow. That has happened to me more than one time. And it it really almost brings me to tears to think that God is using the pain and the fear and the things that I continue to walk through to encourage other people. And that I'm not alone. Yes. I'm not alone.
0: And when other women read your story, for them to realize Oh, you know, because it's there's such a stigma in the church that, you know, oh, we can um, have uh, wear glasses, we can have uh, heart problems, we can have blood pressure problems. But the minute it gets into mental health issues, it's like, oh, uh, no, that's different. And it's such, it's so hard to know who you can talk to when the church has not been a very safe place
1: place for people with that struggle. That is true and I can I continue to fight that battle. I continue to fight the battle that people don't want to talk about this. They don't want to acknowledge that it can happen, especially to a pastor. They don't if it can happen to a pastor, it freaks people out. So when I start talking about my story, I get one of two reactions. I either get leaning in, asking more, you know, kind of like curious, or I get crickets. Like nothing. Nobody wants to talk about it. And yet it's time. It's time for us to acknowledge that this is a problem and and it's not going to go away. It's only going to get worse. And so um, I decided that I wanted to be one of the people to start those conversations. Mm -hmm. And so. I don't walk up and say, hi, my, my name is Carol. My husband had a mental breakdown, but I do try to communicate with some of the religious pastors and leaders and that I come in contact with that. We have to, we can no longer just ignore this and pretend like it doesn't exist. We have to be a safe place. We have to be a place of resources.
0: We have to be a place of compassion and not just say, oh, well, your faith is not strong enough. You need to pray more, you know, go be healed. Mm -hmm. Come on. We need to actually be like Jesus would be. Mm -hmm. He would not condemn you for looking for all the different ways that
1: you can get your husband help. Right. Yeah. And I actually... Shortly after he came home from the hospital we attended a church service and it's not my church where I attend regularly and we were sitting in the congregation when the pastor from the platform said in the middle of his sermon he just he just like did this like detour and talk about detours he did this detour in the middle of his sermon and he said if you're sitting out there and you're on medication for anxiety or depression you get off your medication and get on your knees right now cuz that's all you need I, it almost it took my breath away because I am sitting next to someone who I adore, who I've been married to for almost 40 years, who is struggling to find a reason to stay alive. And at that moment, the medication was the only thing keeping him even a little bit on, on, on point. And here is this person that we both respected saying that. And I was like, I just... I don't even know where that comes from because like you said, if you have diabetes, you take insulin. If you have a heart condition, you take, you know, whatever. And yet for some reason, this is not okay. And that's not true. It has to be okay.
0: That is a total lie from the enemy to try and absolutely shame people into the spiral where, what other answer is there, but to take your life, you know, Mm -hmm. he he would love
1: to see a pastor do that. Yes. And it's, it just, it's tragic. And, and so our journey continues and medication is a hard thing to navigate is a hard thing to regulate. Um, And, and really it boils down to, I think ignorance because I, even before I, had to deal with this in my own life. I would say to you that I was actually—I uh, would say that I was ignorant. Why? Because as a pastor's wife, I dealt with people who had um, all kinds of different mental illnesses, and 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 I would just kind of—I I, I just kind of glossed over them. I would pray, but I really didn't understand the depth or the pain or the confusion or the chaos that goes along with it. And I am I I wish I could go back now to some of those people and actually apologize for not being more involved for not taking it more seriously because sitting here on this side of it I realize there's so many things like the doctors and the nurses and all of his medical professionals would say to me, just keep him alive until we can find medication. Just keep him alive until we can figure this out. And it puts this pressure of on my shoulders of just keep him alive. And I know I'm not the first person who has heard this. And all of a sudden, you start taking on the responsibility, which is not yours. And then you start putting pressure on yourself. And I think if we understood that the mind is is so hard to die, you can't do a biopsy. You can't take it apart and look at it. And and so there, I think it makes it hard for the doctors who want to diagnose it because it's, it's almost impossible to figure hmm. it out. Wow. So tell me
0: then, um, because it's gotta be after how many years in ministry as a pastor's wife? How many years was it? Over 30 years. So to be on the other side of the pew. Oh, now,
1: gosh, yes.
0: <laughs> well, first of all, tell us about that. And then tell us how you're finding joy and
1: you're thankful even in that uh, culture shock. Yeah, I loved being a pastor's wife. It was a joy for me. I really, I loved it. I, I, There was not one thing about it I didn't enjoy. And when this all happened, I found some of, I I lost my identity. I lost my identity as a pastor's wife. I lost my identity as a wife. In some ways, I lost my identity as even a person because I was so enmeshed in the whole world of ministry and what that looked like that all of a sudden it was gone. And and so I wake up and I not only have this this issue that I'm dealing with my husband, that I have this identity issue that I have to figure out what it looks like now to live on this side of the pew. So I attend a big church. We have a lot of pastors wives, but I'm not one of them. And when I go to a retreat, I'm not one of them. And if you don't like being a pastor's wife, you look at me and you go, oh, you got out. And I'm like, yeah, like, that's a good thing. I got out. Look at what I got out into. And if you did love being a pastor's wife, you don't feel like you can relate to me anymore. And so I'm really trying to figure out what it looks like. And one day I was sitting in church and I thought, you know, Look at all of the women. I'm I'm here. Now I'm one of those women that I used to minister to. And how much more can I minister to them because I'm here on this side of the pew with them. And I thought, okay, God, you needed me to be over here for this season of my life so that I could share the depths of the pain that I deal with. And I will tell you, it's this, it's the hardest thing for me to understand. But I have had two people just look at me and literally as soon as they find out my story, they walk away. And I find out later they're pastor's wives whose husbands are struggling. Mm. I've also had pastors who have wanted to read my book, but they don't wanna talk about it or acknowledge it because their wives struggle. And I'm thinking, I wanna, I just want that, I wanna be able to help that in some way. And if it means that I have to be on this side of the pew and find my identity here, I am okay with that. Mm. That is so,
0: I mean, that's a big deal to have God, do that switch. I mean, first of all, it's a perspective that not many have Mm -hmm. and gives you way more compassion, way more understanding. I mean, just for one-on-one mentoring, Mm -hmm. what a powerful place to be because you understand what it is to be on both sides. Yes. Yes. And how do you stay thankful for that? I mean, even with even with the um, misunderstanding, people misunderstanding you or being, a, you know, they're being afraid of being exposed. So they push back on your story and, and what you represent, the authenticity, because they're not to that place yet of knowing how important it is to be able to say, me too. Yes, I struggle with this too.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Share us how this whole process has led to even more thankfulness. Well, uh, as I shared, if you, if you were to go and you were to read the article uh, that came out today in CBN, I talk about a, a pivotal moment in my life where a friend of mine asked me a question about what, uh, what, if I could change one thing about my life, what it would be. And I rattled off all these answers. And then she stopped and she said, I have another question for you. And she said, what do you love about your life? And all of a sudden, I realized that I was going to have to change my answer to the first question in answering the second question, because the things that I loved about my life were in my life because of what had happened, and that wow. I think was the, the actually the pivotal moment where I had been always uh, looking into James and understanding joy and walking through the motions, but at that moment I realized that God. I could go back and I could see how God kept showing up. He showed up here. He showed up there. He showed up. He just, I, I could just list time after time after time that he has shown up in, in, in ways you cannot ignore that this is a miraculous God, God sighting. And when she asked me that question and I went, I looked at her literally and I said, Oh, you just trapped me. And she laughed And I go, no, you really did. And I said, but it's a trap I want to be in because Mm -hmm. all of a sudden I understand now that everything in my life is because of what happened. So I can't get rid of the good things that I love. Because if if I was to say, okay, let's get rid of this painful detour over here, I would have to say goodbye to all these things that I love. And I don't want to do that. Wow. So I said, you're going to hear me say something for the first time. I am thankful for the path that the Lord has me on. And I'm going to continue to walk that path with joy because I love how he shows up and he shows off in my life. And I want other people to know that he can do that for you as well. Mm. I mean, I want to think that I'm his favorite child, but (laughs) but the truth is we're all his favorite child. And I I have led prayer meetings before where I walk up and put my arms around somebody and I, I whisper in their ear, You're his favorite girl. You're his favorite daughter. Mm. He is going to answer your prayer. He's going to hear your prayer because you're his favorite. Because that's the truth. We're all his favorite. (laughs) And so I did. I just, it's, I go back to that moment. I just keep going back to that moment. And here we are Thanksgiving five years later. And I'm still going through the struggle and I'm still thankful. Wow. And,
0: that CBN uh, devotional, we're going to have that in the show notes down below. So uh, make sure you read that. That is, whoo. <laughs> I mean, I could just see it as I read through it. I'm like, Bing! I'm, I was like, I, I know exactly that feeling where it's like everything changed. The perspective completely changes and what you're not happy about, all of a sudden you're thanking God for. And that's just such a great place to be. You know, that's the Romans 828 God that we serve, where he works all things. Even those struggles and those troubles and those trials and those afflictions for good. Now, does he do that for everyone? No, only those who love him and are called according to his purposes, mm-hmm. and are, and we're his favorite girls, right?
1: We are, we are, and even mm-hmm. and even just the whole story about being on CBN. I mean, I was talking to a friend and mentor a couple of days ago, and I said, I can't believe it that CBN is going to um, publish my devotion on um, Monday, and she goes, "Wait a swing for the fences with your up your first submission." And I go, I know. I said, it's. I've never, I've never done anything like this before. And mm-hmm. it was just a God thing that this even was an opportunity that I would take. Now, I had to step in. I had to do the work. But somebody else opened the door for me right. um, in this circumstance and said, you need to talk to this girl. You need to hear what she has to say. And it's because they also feel like the story is so critical to get out there because there are so many people and I can't even imagine at the holidays, how many people are sitting there feeling so alone and so Mm. afraid. And I want you to hear you're not, you're Mm. not alone. Mm. You know, God is there. There are people like me. There are people like you. I mean, I just want that to be the message that people hear when they read my book or they, they read the devotional, they hear me, hear me speak that you're not alone. Amen. Okay. So as we wrap this up, because
0: we could go on for at least an hour because there's just so much depth to this whole issue and how God has worked in your story. But if you could just say one thing to someone on the other side of the screen or listening in their earbuds um, that will help them navigate The holiday season.
1: So I would say write down this scripture verse, Psalm 34, 18. I have it on a post-it note right here on my computer. And it says, the Lord is close to the brokenhearted and he saves those who are crushed in spirit. And it's hard. And I don't want you to hear me say Mm -hmm. it's easy. I don't want you to see my smile or listen to my joy and think that it's easy because sometimes I'm choosing joy when I'm face down on that carpet, just screaming and writhing and crying out in pain, but I'm still choosing joy because joy is not the circumstances around you. Joy comes from the relationship with that God, that Lord that is close to the brokenhearted and who saves the Christian spirit. That's the first thing I would say. The second thing is, find things that make you smile, find things that make you laugh. And that is a choice as well. Um, If it's a friend, if it's a grandchild, if it's an aunt. This morning, my cat was in here throwing a toy around, and I just stopped for a minute and focused in on that moment and enjoyed her joy at this Mm -hmm. toy that she was playing with. And so we have to be deliberate. We have to be intentional in looking for the things that are going to make us um, smile that take us away for a moment. And I don't care how hard it gets, you can find those moments, walk out in the yard, um, go look at the Christmas lights, um, open your scripture and read the the birth story of Jesus. Um, go and hear the choir sing at church. There's so many things that we can do. And there's a danger and I say this because there's a danger to want to kind of crawl into the bed of life and pull up the covers over our head and just sort of hibernate and isolate. Don't do it.
0: Don't mm. do it. Amen. And, you know, you will find what you're looking for. If you are looking for something, a God winks, you know, a kiss on the cheek from God, a beautiful sunset, you know, a beautiful, uh, when the sun comes up in the morning and it's get the skies are pink, you know, if you're looking for it, you'll see it. And that's what you need to just say, okay, God, I'm going to make an, an intentional choice yes. to look for you yes, and to look for just things that will just um, fill my heart with gratitude. And he can, it's, I mean, Animals are a great way. They're just great therapy because they can make us
1: laugh and they're hysterical and they're cheap entertainment. They are. are. And, and, and this, and this cat came into my life about three years ago and she has done nothing but bring me joy. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, um, I think God knew I needed her at this particular time. Yes. And so, yeah, there. it's very interesting how God uses the hummingbirds outside my office window, mm-hmm. um, the cat, uh, my grandchildren. Um, right. You know, the, there's just even, even the work that I get to do. Those are all these incredible blessings. And so it's all things, though, that we have to be intentional about. You have to be looking for them. You have to be open to them. So don't close off. Stay open. Engage. 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 Totally engage. So if we have some people
0: who want to connect with you on social media or uh, on the internet, what's the best way to do
1: that? Um, My website is Carol with an E, carolsjourney.com and um you can reach you can reach out to me there uh on social media it's at carol's journey um or my name carol letham you can just search my name but yeah please reach out to me uh you can reach me through redemption press if you email redemption press uh, i i'm probably the one who will get your email <laughs> perfect and, and we'll put all your contact information yeah. down in the show notes as well yes, oh. yes
0: please Thank you so much for being such an encouragement
1: to so many people. Thank you. I'm happy to. I'm just so thankful.
0: So thanks for joining us today on the Redeemed and Restored podcast, brought to you by Athena Dean Holtz and the Romans 828 Bookstore, a division of Redemption Press. I'd love to have you review and share this podcast with friends, family, and others who can use the encouragement And be sure to check out my YouTube channel at Athena Dean Holtz for more tips and tools to help you find the faithfulness of God. So thanks for joining us today. See you next week for another episode of Redeemed and Restored.